It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I am not my own, but belong body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember who you are and whose you are. Baptism washes and cleanses us from our sins and transforms us from being the children of wrath into the children of God. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Identity, a podcast that explores Christian identity and doctrine with a Reformed bent. I'm your host, Nathan Longfield. Today is Friday, October 16th, and this is the third interview episode as we talk to Melissa Johnson about how her identity as a child of God impacts her work and life as a musician and teacher. We'll be back after a quick break to talk to Melissa. We're now joined by Melissa Johnson, who lives out her identity as a child of God as, among other things, a teacher of band and music at Sycamore Schools in Indianapolis, Indiana. Melissa, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. So to start, can you just kind of talk about what exactly at this point your job looks like, um, what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So I currently teach third through eighth grade. Um, I teach third grade general music and then fourth through eighth grade band. Um, It's, I also teach fifth and sixth grade music history. I haven't started that part of my job yet. (laughs) That will start in our second trimester. Um, We're finishing up our first one right now, Um, but that's coming. But my my day-to-day, every day is different. Um, With the grade levels that I teach, um, there is not one strict schedule, which I actually like because it keeps me on my toes. But uh, from one day to the next, I'm teaching you know, fourth grade brass class, and then seventh and eighth grade band, and then third grade drumming. It's just um, a, a lot of things all at once, but it's a great time. <laughs> right. So when did you first kind of get into develop a passion for music um, and teaching, though you can take those separately, uh, and kind of discern that as a calling um, and a place to live out your Christian calling, your larger calling in being a teacher and a music teacher specifically? Yeah, so from a really young age, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a vet. And then I learned (laughs) (laughs) from like the the sad side of being a vet. And I was like, nope, I I can't do that. So uh, I guess I'll teach because I like being around people. And um, I just always loved my teachers that I had at school. So I knew from, I don't know, probably first or second grade that I wanted to be a teacher. I just didn't know what kind of teacher I wanted to be. Um, And then as I got into high school, I thought that I wanted to teach littles. Like I wanted to do like preschool or kindergarten. Um, And I had been in music for, I mean, most of my life. I was either singing in church choir Um, I started playing the clarinet at a young age. And then, um, when I was in high school was when I almost quit actually my sophomore year of high school, I almost quit band and everything completely. Um, and it was my band teacher who 
helped me kind of realize this dream of playing the oboe. And she got me an oboe, got me a teacher. And um, I just completely fell back in love with music. And it was at that point that I wanted to be just like her. Um, mm. And I decided, you know, of everything, you know, that I could be, I want to help other students who were like me and who um, had kind of lost their passion and needed help finding it again. Um, so then I just completely switched gears and decided that I wanted to teach high school <laughs> or like secondary um, education and teach band as opposed to teaching any kind of littles, um, which I've done <laughs> with uh, general music, but um, just not fully my gift. Um, but as to seeing it as a calling, like I my faith journey is, is interesting as well, which we could dive into, uh, <laughs> maybe in a different podcast, uh, episode, but, uh, my, when I got into college was really when, um, I started kind of seeing things in a new light and, mm. um, you know, re was really making my faith my own, as opposed to the faith that I grew up in, um, being my, under my parents' roof, you know, having my parents' faith, it started becoming my own. And um, I actually took a class. It was my first year seminar at Hope. And it was all about um, your calling. And I had, I don't know if I'd ever heard that word before. It's like, mm. call, what's a calling? Like called to do something? And um, just being able to talk through that with um, one of my professors, I mean, that was one of the most, I mean, talk about all of the education, the music classes that I took, took at Hope, but um, that was really one of the most like foundational classes for me, being mm. able to realize like one of my gifts, like given by God is my ability to do music. Like that is, that's a gift and it's, can be part of um, the calling that he's given me to use that gift um, to do whatever he wants me to do. And, you know, I had that passion to teach and to be like my uh, high school band director and then talking through like what a calling actually is. It just kind of all came together when I was in mm -hmm. college. Like, oh, this is it. This is, this is how it all just, uh, it, it all comes together. It, um, being able to teach, teach music, because this is, this is what God has, you know, set me out to do. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So within that, um, I, I think a lot of people who have musical gifts feel like, oh, I'll just play music in the church. And that's like how I do my music for God stuff. And as an oboist, amazingly, you still have opportunities to do that, even though most churches are like, what's an oboe? Right. <laughs> but uh, I'm curious, like, it sounds like the class kind of helped expand your vision of using this gift for God's glory goes beyond playing in church, which, I mean, doesn't exclude that, obviously, but goes beyond that. Um, I'm curious kind of how you've engaged with that kind of idea, um, if you've seen that uh, either played out by church churches as they engage music or um, just as you kind of think about music and raising up musicians. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, yes, playing music in church is a great way to use your musical gifts. Um, even if you don't think there's a place for you, there's a place for you. <laughs> when I uh, started attending the church that I attend now, um, and I went up, I was like, you know, I'm a new member or not a new member, a new attendee, you know, I want to play music. I'm a musician. And they were like, what do you play? Play the oboe. They were like, never heard of it, but I guess you can play with us. So there's always an opportunity there. Um, but no, that's not my whole life. Like I'm not mm -hmm. a church musician. I am not a worship pastor, a worship leader. Right. Like that is not, um, I did get a minor in worship, uh, like music ministry, but that's not, um, that's not how I, I live everything out in my life. Um, it's, it's more about building those relationships that I have with the students and using the gifts that I have and the music that we're making together to, you know, show them the love of God. And mm. I mean, I'm, I work at a, it's a private school, but it's not a Christian school. So it's not like I can just walk up to a kid and be like, Hey, God loves you. You know, <laughs> Jesus died for you. Like that's, that isn't how I can live out my faith in that way. But, um, being able to have relationships with these students, um, and music, music is just such a unique subject. Hmm. Um, like there, there are ways that you can connect with students in all subjects. I truly believe that whether it be history or math or English, but I think there's just something special the way that like music affects our soul. And I know that sounds so like, <laughs> you know, like oh, music affects the soul. It does. Like I think that there's something special about the way that we can interact with each other when we're playing music together. There's something special about that. And um, when I am teaching students how to play four quarter notes in one measure, like <laughs> there's still something about it where, you know, they're, we're building that, that connection. Um, and we're just able to, yeah, like, I can be there for them in some way that I wouldn't be able to in another way. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? <laughs> it kind kind of, of, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I, I think it's interesting sort of within your, your sort of call story, um, which I think is a term we often use when speaking of people who go into ministry, but it's something that all of us have. Um, and sort of discerning that call to be a teacher, um, you had a lot of mentors along the way. Um, educationally, I'm curious, was the church part of discerning that call um, in a more formal way? Um, I mean, the teacher at Hope was a Christian, but like beyond that sort of thing, did you have encouragement um, from an ecclesial body in saying, hey, go and do this thing that you're clearly called to, or as we often see is the church kind of like, we don't really think about this too much or talk about it in these ways. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't really anyone at my church that was like, you should be a teacher. Like, this is mm -hmm. what you 
you you should be doing. Um, I think in in not so formal ways, it was kind of mentioned. I mean, like mm. you work really well with kids, you know, and it's like cool, awesome. Uh, I, I love kids. That's great. Uh, I want to be a teacher, but it wasn't like wow, you know, we we hear the word teacher in the Bible so much. It's odd to me that we don't talk about that more. Um, and I mean, we don't talk about a lot of careers. <laughs> Unfortunately, like we, like you said, we, um, we hear people of being called into ministry, but not into other, uh, other kind of professions. Um, but I think as I was in college, like, no, the teachers that I had growing up, none of them were like, Christian, excuse me, Christian teachers. Um, but I think as I was in college and I was working with Christian professors and, um, you know, got involved in, in church ministry in other ways. Um, and even working with like vacation Bible schools, you know, they're like, wow, you know, like, no wonder this is what you want to do. Like affirming in that way, mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to like, you should do this. It was like, oh, you're great at this, of course. Um, but no, there was no like church church body that was like, we are raising you up to do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about the the mound that teacher is mentioned in scripture, ironically, because I have a family full of them. But um <laughs> Because it's interesting too, in some of those passages, it, it clearly distinguishes preacher and teacher. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that's the pastor. But like, it's no, that's a, that's a different role. Yeah. Um, and right, I mean, a lot of professions we have today weren't around in scripture, so Paul's not talking about them. But that is one of the ones that they've put as this very important role that people are called to, is how Paul puts it. So it's interesting. And I guess kind of a mark on the church that we fail to note that when we see giftings like that we're just like oh yeah that person does the thing well um, right. yeah it's really interesting mm -hmm. um so you kind of mentioned right you're not at a christian school but that still informs how you teach how you prepare how you engage um you have taught at a christian school before so i don't know if there are clear ways that you notice differences or if it's pretty much i'm a christian and that carries into how I teach um and if there are ways that you really kind of cognitive like intentionally think about that or if it's something that as it exists it is there mm -hmm. yeah so first there was very much a difference between teaching at a Christian school and then teaching at a non-Christian school like even in just the way that like school worked like I don't, now I don't meet before school starts with all of my staff members to pray and to like sing hymns, which mm -hmm. was a really great way of starting off every morning, you know, like setting yourself up um, and focusing on like what is really important and like what um, connects us all. Um, so I, I do miss that. And I miss, I miss being able to pray with kids, mm -hmm. you know, being able to say, Hey, I see that you're really struggling. Can I just pray for you for a minute? And you know, that just being accepted. Right. Um, now I can't do that. Um, 
but there are, I mean, as a teacher, like my philosophy of teaching um, centers around the fact that every student is valued by God, which means that I need to see the value in them. Like they are, their value does not come from me as their teacher. Their value comes from a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, so every, every move that I make, every word that I say needs to be reflecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that is constantly at the front of my mind. Um, but it is something where I get an email from a parent and it's, you know, <laughs> not a great email. And I have to think, you know what, these, these parents are also, you know, valued by God. They, God loves these, these humans. And I need to respond with respect and with love and with care. Um, because they, they deserve that because of who created them, you know, Mm -hmm. um, if I have a student who's struggling in my class, um, that's, that's what I need to remind myself of, you know, the student is not their behavior. The student Mm -hmm. is, they are human. They are valued by God. They're loved by God. I I, I keep saying that, but that is, (laughs) that's what it is, you know, like, um, and I just, I don't know at like, I know that there are non-Christian teachers out there, but I feel like it's it's so much more important for me to build these relationships with these students because of my Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And my students, you know, don't know that. But everything that I do, I mean, my classroom, music is second in my classroom. Like music is, I love the content that I teach. I value music. I, you know, there's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, but being able to build those relationships with my students and making sure that they feel safe and they feel loved is more important than anything else that I can teach. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, being able to center my entire class and my classroom around that um, comes from, you know, that philosophy that I have and from, Mm -hmm. from faith. Um, And it it even comes down to every night, every night I say a prayer that I, that God helps me to be what my students need. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, before my head hits the pillow, God, just let me be what they need me to be. Whatever it is the next day, just help me be there for them. Um, And that might not be the teacher who is, you know, making them stop playing their A flat major scale, like halfway through five times in a row, because they keep missing the E flat, like, you know, like, that might not be what they need. And hopefully, you know, I I can be aware enough to recognize because of those relationships that I've built with them, what those kids need from me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, was- I think that I think it's great. It, I think it kind of beautifully kind of puts this image of, you know, seeing first in these children, their identities as those made in the image of God, 
Mm-hmm. And then that's the priority. And I think in music, probably more than some other subjects, a failure or a success can be very public. Mm-hmm. And so when you kind of change your orientation, I imagine it impacts how the students then see their successes and failures, not as defining, but as just a part of it. Mm-hmm. Whether they think, well, my identity is defined as I'm a child of God, but it helps push away from the very common thing in all of education, but again, the publicness, probably music of, oh, I failed, oh, I'm a success, I'm first chair, I'm third chair, those sorts of things, when your orientation isn't that as the primary, um, which I think, right, even if you're not presenting this to them as, because I'm a Christian, I'm doing this, and they don't necessarily know that, it still is shaping in a way um, that I think is really powerful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I guess, is there anything else uh, you'd want to add about how your faith, your identity as a child of God kind of impacts how you do what you do? And maybe it's something outside of the teaching world. Um, Maybe it's how you engage music and worship or music or the other non-music parts of your life, since you are not just a person who plays music, but (laughs) yeah. Oh, I, I think it's just we are, we are Christians in the way that we act, the way that I act like in everyday life, whether that's at school, whether that's at church, whether that's playing in an orchestra, you know, like I act this way because of my faith and because I'm a Christian. And that's, that's how I try to live my life and how I try and, you know, portray who I am to others. And you know, even when it comes to school, like I'm allowed, like if it comes up, I'm allowed to say like, yeah, I am a Christian. So like my hope would that would be that, you know, at some point, if a student asks me like, why, why do you do things this way? Mm-hmm. You know, I can say, well, it's because I'm a Christian, like, you know, and that's just how I hope to, to live my life is to be able to you know, reflect, be a reflection of who, you know, God wants us to be, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether that's, you know, at school or whether that's, you know, at Meyer. Uh, (laughs) It's important. Right. Yeah. Great. Thank you for joining us again. This is great. Yeah. Happy to be here. Thanks for listening to our third interview episode. I hope Melissa's insights provided you with a helpful vision of how our identities as children of God transform who we are and how we are called to live. Please follow us on Twitter at IdentityPod or follow me at Nathan Longfield and rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll be back soon for our next Doctrine episode. Please join us then and feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or email me at IdentityPod at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. Grace and peace. Mm -hmm.